Bring it in, Read Option Pod back, getting you ready for week 14 in the NFL. Fantasy regular seasons are coming down. It's our last week of buys left in the regular season. Falcons, Bears, Packers, Colts, Saints, and Commanders all on a buy. Uh, got some interesting games, as, uh, as we know. Uh, kind of going this this week, some important games as well. Uh, I'm excited to see how the week will turn out. Um, not as good of a slate as last weekend, obviously. Last weekend was probably the best slate of games we've had and probably will have all year for the regular season. But that doesn't mean that there's not going to be a lot of really good games to uh, to feast upon here this weekend. Uh, no Scotty, no Vito. Scotty uh, is uh, having some some doctor's appointments got some stuff going on uh i also have some stuff going on and then veto uh is is midair i believe as we speak so because of that couldn't really find a time for uh any grouping of us to get together so it's just going to be me today and uh we're just going to rip through this all right it's going to be short and sweet we have one college football game that we have to pick at the end i have all of scott's picks here uh so we'll do that we'll go through each of the games and we'll get you guys on your week uh, on your way to the weekend. By the way, just want to shout everybody out. Uh, just over the last month or so, we've had a major influx of new listeners. So thank you so much for listening and supporting us and supporting the podcast. We very much appreciate it. Uh, share it around, right? Read Option Pod. I know there's a million podcasts in the world. Uh, who else? You know, h- how many other podcasts hosted by multiple white dudes do you really need? I get it. I know all the jokes, but uh, we really do think what we have here works. We have great chemistry. We put out good information, uh, and, and we have a really good, a really good time and a lot of fun doing it. So, um, the more you guys can support us, share the pod, uh, you know, the better we do. The more ads we can sell, the more we can ultimately continue to grow this thing. And um, coming up on 200 episodes. Uh, this episode 161. So we're getting close to 200 already. And uh, our two year anniversary uh, is coming up here in a little bit too, which is crazy to think uh, considering um, God, how fast it's all gone. So thank you all for the support. We really appreciate it. Like I said, the pod's doing really well right now. So uh, we, we appreciate all that. Um, let's get into it. Shall we? Uh, we're going to start off here with the Thursday night game. We have Raiders Rams, uh, you know, preseason, this probably would have been a pretty interesting game. Obviously, as the season has gone on, this is not a particularly interesting game. Right now, the Rams are six and a half point favorites as underdogs. Uh, I have a feeling Raiders fans are going to take over that stadium already. All the Oakland, you know, whatever's, you know, the, the, the old school Raider fans when they were in Los Angeles and then obviously in Oakland for a long time. They're going to fill that stadium. This is going to feel like a home game for the Raiders, especially given how shitty the Rams are playing right now. No Matt Stafford, no really anybody, no Aaron Donald. The only name of note still playing for the Rams is Jalen Ramsey. Uh, They did pick up Baker Mayfield this week. Uh, It is not likely that he'll start this game, but honestly – I, nothing will, would, you know, surprises me anymore with the NFL, right? There, he could easily come in and maybe come in the second half, play some games. It, it doesn't look like we're going to see him actually play in this game. I hope he does um, because you have to think Baker Mayfield's better than anyone else that they've thrown out there. But um, 
John Wolford got hurt at the end of that last game. And the Raiders are rolling pretty well right now. Uh, their running game has been really good. I know Bobby Wagner's there for the Rams, but the defensive line, obviously not as loaded as it normally is without Aaron Donald. I don't think this team's going to get a lot of pressure. They showed some fight and some heart in the last couple games, right? Um, that game against Seattle last this this past week where Seattle should have won that game by a lot more than they did. And, and honestly, the Rams almost stole it at the end. I don't know if we're going to see back-to-back weeks like that with a team that is this understaffed, at least currently with the amount of injuries, how banged up they are. And the Raiders are playing really good football. Scotty's taking Las Vegas minus six and a half against my better judgment, just because I don't love this Raiders team still. I'm also going to take the Raiders minus six and a half. Uh, I think the Rams would keep it close in the first half, but I think the running game, Josh Jacobs has been the best running back in football here for the last six weeks. I think that continues. And I think the Raiders are going to be able to control this game. I'm taking the Las Vegas Raiders as a Scotty minus six and a half to kick off week 14. All right. That brings us to our Sunday slate. We're going to start off with some of the better games here. Uh, I'm excited for this one. Jets bills. Um, a really important test here for both teams. Now the bills in first place in the AFC right now. Uh, and it's funny because the Eagles are also in a similar situation. They're playing the giants. Uh, both are playing uh, division rivals. They're both in first place, both playing seven, four, seven, four, one, seven, five team, both from New York. It is a kind of weird how this kind of worked out, but uh, Eagles, Giants, Bills, Jets, kind of the same for both teams. The Bills should win this game. Should the Bills cover by minus 10? I don't think so. Now the Bills have also been cruising here over the last few weeks, which is kind of unlike how this season has started and mainly gone for the Bills. The Bills had a couple of big wins in week one and week two. And then since then, it's been a lot of weird football. And it looks like they've kind of, at least based off of last week, righted the ship, so to speak. But you look, think of that Thanksgiving game, right? Wasn't really a great performance for the Bills. Yes, they beat the Pats by two touchdowns. They were in control of that game. The defense was playing well. Uh, Von Miller uh, announced this week, ended up getting ACL surgery. So he's now done for the year. That's a big loss for the defensive line. I do think the Bills win this game, but a 10-point favorite against a Jets team that just played really, really well against Minnesota, a Jets team that has now actually had somewhat competent quarterback play that's shown that they can run the ball. Now, whether they'll hold up and be able to score a bunch against the Bills, I don't think so, but I do love this Jets defense, and the Jets defense is in that top five range in terms of best defenses in the NFL I like the Jets plus 10 here. I think it's way too many points for a team as good defensively as the Jets are. And the Bills, they're the number one seed, but there have been moments of looking kind of shaky. A win's a win. They've pulled out close games. I think this is a close game. I think the Bills will win it. They've won a ton of these close games this year, but I don't think it's going to be by 10 points. So I'm taking Buffalo. Uh, sorry, I'm taking the Jets plus 10. Scotty is taking the Buffalo Bills minus 10. He believes in the Bills here. He thinks the Bills are going to get that done. Uh, up next, we have Eagles-Giants, 1 o'clock game. Um, this is a really big test for the Philadelphia Eagles, only because it's the last really unknown of the season. You could argue week 17 against the Cowboys when they're going to be facing Dak for the first time this year in Dallas. Like that's obviously going to be a big game, but this is the only divisional opponent that Philly hasn't played yet. And they have to play them twice. The giants have been really well coached. It would be very Philly to go into a one o'clock game against the giants and lay an egg. 
It happened last year, despite Jalen Hurts almost getting them there with two Jalen Rager drops in the last two minutes of the game. Not that I'm actually last like 20 seconds of the game. Not that, you know, I'm holding a grudge or anything against Jalen Rager, clearly. But this is a big game for the Eagles in that you win this, it's pretty much wrapped up, right? The the Vikings, they still have the two-game lead there. The Cowboys, uh, they're not going to have any issues playing Houston this week. I think they're going to roll easily in that game. But 12-1, and one, they would have to really, really fuck up here down the stretch. They play the Bears coming up, uh, the remaining schedule for the Eagles. At the very least, you have to split with the Giants. You should beat them twice. But the remaining schedule here for Philly is at the Giants, at Chicago, at Dallas, home New Orleans, home the Giants, right? You beat the Giants. They're superior. You know, you're the superior team. You're coming off of a big blowout win. But Jalen Hurts had a great quote this week where they said, how is the team going to react coming off of a a highly emotional, big ass-kicking type game like they had against the Titans? And Jalen Hurts' response was, I'm emotionless. He's literally programming himself to be a robot and to just focus on the next thing that's in front of them. He where, Where he goes and his leadership is where the rest of this team goes. And they'll have their fun. They'll do stuff. But this is a game that Philly should win comfortably. They've gotten the run defense down. You can let the corners play man-to-man against Richie James and Darius Slayton. Danny Dimes isn't scaring me with his arm. Can he get out there, scramble a little bit, keep it close? No question. That's what Danny Dimes does. But honestly, do I think that the Giants can can hold on and win this game? I, I wouldn't be shocked. I think they have the capability of doing that. But is it likely? No. Where I'm stuck on here is the Eagles are at seven-point favorite. They're a touchdown favorite. And I think – I do think the Eagles are the better team. I think they're going to win this game. I think they're going to be able to shut down Saquon Barkley and and load up the box like they did against Derrick Henry last week. If N'Kobe Dean has to play, we know N'Kobe Dean. What he did going up against Derrick Henry in his his first real action was impressive as hell. I think you give him a full week – uh, obviously, if Kazir comes back, that's great. Kazir's been playing awesome football all year. But this is a big game for Philly. This is a tone setter. This is the last team in the division. And keep in mind, the last time Philly played a divisional opponent, it was at home on national TV, and they got bullied by the Washington Commanders. So Philly needs to come out and make a statement here, and I think they will. I'm taking Philly minus seven on the road. Uh, I hate taking uh, not taking the road dog when it's that big. Um, but I believe the Eagles are that good of a football team right now. And my record picking for the Eagles has been pretty good. I think I've only been wrong once or twice this year. Um, and I think the, the Eagles get it done. I'm taking Philly. And uh, Scotty is also riding with Philly. And he's taking the over at 43 and a half. Uh, or let me check that. Sorry, 44 and a half. Um, so Scotty's taking Philly minus uh, seven plus the 44 and a half over. And uh, I'm taking Philly minus the seven. All right, let's move on now. Next game up here, we have Cleveland at Cincinnati. Another game that is really important, right? Because the Bengals with a couple of their shortcomings earlier in the season, they put themselves in a tough spot where like they, the hardest part of their schedule was the back half of the season. But so far they've beaten Tennessee, which was a must win. And now they've beaten Kansas city, which is a huge win. They get Cleveland who they've weirdly struggled against in the Joe Burrow era. 
and then they have Buffalo right after. So it's a really, really hard stretch. I expect them to lose either this game or the Buffalo game. They're five and a half point favorites here against the Browns. They're playing this one at home. I feel like with the way the Bengals are rolling, that they should win this game. But my fear is there's something mentally with the Browns or something that Stefanski and that coaching staff does against Cleveland or against Cincinnati that is preventing the Bengals from pulling off these wins that they otherwise should be able to win pretty comfortably. So I believe Cincinnati wins this game. They're at home, but do they win by five and a half? I also expect Deshaun Watson to look better this week. I would also love if he continued to look like shit, but I do expect him to look better this week after getting at least one game, one week of practice, answering the first questions, all of that buzz being back in Houston, all that shit he was kind of dealing with uh, justifiably. So given all of the shit that he did, but I would expect that he gets better this week. And I think the Browns will play better. I don't think the Browns win the game. I do think Cincinnati wins the game, but I'm going to take the five and a half points for Cleveland. Um, I'd be, this is one I'd be more than happy to be wrong. I would love to see Cincinnati blow them out, and especially because they need to get over this hump at some point. They need to get past whatever the, the mental block in their head, whatever that is. Um, they have to get by that because right now it's it's significantly hurting them when they drop games like the, the Halloween game that they had against the Cleveland Browns. Like That game was just like you can't lose that game if you're Cincinnati. Uh, They show up in big games, and then they have these weird little losses. They don't have the luxury of doing that right now, uh, sitting in second place in the AFC North uh, because of the tiebreaker against Baltimore. And Baltimore now is holding on for dear life. You have to win this game. It's a divisional game, uh, and you have to get over that edge. I do think Cincinnati wins, but I think it's going to be close, and I think it's going to come down to a Joe Burrow drive at the end of the game. I'm taking Cleveland to cover the plus five and a half. All right, next up, we have the Houston Texans. And the Cowboys, uh, we have a little bit here of our Texas Bowl. I think those are the only teams in Texas. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dallas is an 18-point favorite. 18 points. If Dallas covers this spread, then uh, maybe Dallas is just the greatest team in NFL history. I don't know. Um, I'll say this. As an Eagles fan, this is kind of exactly what I want. I want Dallas to look really good right now. I want Dallas to get all this national attention, get all this spread, because that's when Dallas chokes. When everyone looks at them and says, man, this Cowboys team is really, really good. That is always, always, always when Dallas ends up choking in the playoffs. So give them the 18 points. Maybe they end up actually covering this. I mean, 18 is a lot. I'll say this. They do seem to keep the foot on the pedal. The spread in that game or the, the final score in that game against Indianapolis, the last like 10 minutes is basically where 90% of that scoring gap came from. It was a one possession game going into the fourth quarter and three consecutive turnovers completely changed the way that that game looked. I think people are buying into Dallas way too hard. I think people are taking Dallas because of how bad Houston's looked. I think Houston's going to come out here and, and, and at least keep it competitive and look, maybe this is one of those rat lines, too, where people just buy in 18 points. It seems crazy. That's almost a three. It is a three touchdown spread, three possession spread, at least. I'm taking Houston. I mean, Dallas could easily cover that spread. I wouldn't be surprised. But we've seen Houston play really good teams tightly all year. And again, Dallas 
was was it was a close game against Indianapolis on Sunday night. Don't let the final score fool you. It was a close game, way closer than people thought. Um, and again, the the turnovers just was like one, two, three in a row, and Dallas put up quick points. I don't think that it's that normally doesn't happen in the NFL. All right. Um, and Davis Mills is returning back to the lineup. So a little Mills Mafia action. Uh, I'm taking Houston. Scotty's awesome on Houston. 18 points is just way, way too many. Uh, all right. Really fun game here from the NFC North. We have Vikings Lions. Uh, Lions are a two point favorite at home. The five and seven Lions are a two point favorite against the 10 and two Minnesota Vikings. I, I want to take Detroit so bad. I've never wanted to take a team more in my entire life than picking the Detroit Lions minus two right now. G- genuinely, minus two is ridiculous. But I can't take it. I can't take Detroit minus two. Look, I know the Vikings have been a weird team, and I know Detroit's playing really good football right now, but I I can't take Detroit minus two. I want to so bad. And you know what? I might just end up saying, fuck it. The Vikings are going to lose another game at some point. This game's in Detroit. Detroit's playing really good football for the first time in probably 10 years since Calvin Johnson was there with Stafford. I, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do it. I hate that I'm going to do it because the Vikings are going to come in and steal this game at the last second. I know that's what's going to happen, but I really want Detroit to win this game. And I'm going to be pulling for Dan Campbell and that team. I think the Vikings defense is pretty fraudulent. They're middle of the pack at best. Um, Monroe St. Brown is playing as good as anybody in the NFL at the wide receiver position. They can run the ball better than anybody else. Um, Jared Goff is making the right decisions. Can Jeff Akuda have a big game? And we saw when these two teams played earlier in the year, the Lions damn near won that game too. I really wish it was just like a pick them or Detroit was like minus one. I don't like it. It's a two point spread, but I originally wrote down Minnesota. Scotty's taking Minnesota. I'm going to take Detroit because I want to, because I want to, even though I know it's dumb, we do things all the time in life that we know we're dumb, but we do it anyway. That's me taking the Detroit Lions this week. Uh, All right. Next up here, a couple more in the one o'clock window. We have Jags Titans. Titans are a four point favorite in this game. Uh, I really like Tennessee to have a bounce back game here. They're coming off back-to-back losses, back-to-back bad uh, tractor Cito performances against the Bengals and against Philly seven and five seems about right for the skill level of this Tennessee team. They don't lose back-to-back weeks like that, the way that they did in the coaching errors and the the mental errors like they had against Cincy and then getting their doors blown off against Philly Uh, and Jacksonville. They're kind of one of those like two, two losses, two or three losses, and then a big win that no one expects. And then two or three losses and then a win, right? They're four and eight. So right now they're averaging like two losses and a win, two losses and a win. I think they're going to keep that trend. Uh, Tennessee's defense is really good. Trevor Lawrence, um, now look, this Jaguars team also got blown out, so I expect them to play better than they did. The Titans' defense is still really good. The Titans still are in first place. They need a get-right game, right? They need a an 8-5 and five record after this. They, because, look, the division's not in any sort of jeopardy. The Colts are out of it. Um, the Jags and Houston, I mean, Houston's obviously out of it too, and the Jags. They're four and eight, but I, at this point, I don't even know mathematically if they could get back into the playoffs if they tried. 
Um, so I, I'm taking Tennessee here minus four. That line seems too little. Uh, I don't expect it to be a big blowout, but I think at least a touchdown. Uh, I could also see this coming down to the wire being a, a, a four-point, three-point type game. A field goal ends up winning it. But I think Tennessee gets right here. No trail in Burks. Obviously, that's a big loss for them. But you still have Robert Woods. You still have Tractor Cito. Uh, or, and maybe the Jags have a turnaround game here, too. Maybe they come back stronger. But I believe in Tennessee. I believe in Mike Vrabel. And Vrabes is the kind of coach that his whole career uh, in, in Tennessee – they don't have stretches of bad games. Like the fact that they lost back-to-back games against Cincinnati and against Philly, the way that they did both of those games, two different losses, but the fact that they lost them both in, in bad ways uh, leads me to believe that we're going to see a, a Titans team come out prepared, ready to go defensively. I think they're going to do a really good job uh, in this game. And even though it seems like a really low line, I'm also going to take the under in this game at 41 points. Uh, Jags, I think, end up struggling significantly on offense against a really good Titans defense. And I think the Titans are going to be able to put up enough points here that they win. I'm expecting a game we're looking at like 21 to 10 type game. Actually, that'll put us right at 41. <laughs> maybe, we'll, maybe we'll say a 17 to 10 type game. Um, Jags, yeah. you know what? No, I'm going to change it because I had a backup in mind. I just talked myself out of it. We're not doing the over under at 41. That line is too low. Uh, but I still think Tennessee covers the four points. All right, up next, Baltimore at Pittsburgh. We have a Pittsburgh line minus two and a half in this game. Minus two and a half uh, for Pittsburgh. Obviously, that has a lot to do with Tyler Huntley. Tyler Huntley, um, look, he's been decent at times. He was one in four as a starter last year. Not as impressive as everybody makes it out to be. But he does have some of that breakaway speed. He does have that elusiveness. He makes a couple of really amazing plays every single game. And you're going to need that going up against a Steelers team and that defense that's playing really, really well right now. Obviously, there's not a ton of weapons in Baltimore. Um, The number with this game that's more intriguing to me, and this was my backup uh, after I talked myself out of Titans-Jags, the over-under is at 36.5. That's really, really low. The Ravens' defense – uh, has shown signs of, of playing well this year. Obviously, they played well against Denver last week, but every defense plays well against Denver. And the secondary, look, Marcus Peters, not the same guy he used to be. They've been battling injuries all year. Um, Roquan Smith, really great addition, and he helps that team. But I, I think Pittsburgh's actually playing better football right now. Um, and between the Lions and Pittsburgh, right, and the Raiders, the three teams that are now all unexpectedly five and seven, I'm – I feel dumb picking all three of them to win because at least one, probably two of them are going to come back to earth. Uh, but I don't know. Like, I, I like the way that Pittsburgh's playing. I like the way that Najee Harris is playing. Kenny Pickett's doing enough for them to win games. And 36 and a half is a really, really low line. So I'm going to take the over in this game at 36 and a half. I'm going to take the Steelers minus two and a half. I know that seems crazy considering who the Steelers have been. But Mike Tomlin has this team playing really good football right now in December. The offensive line's been playing better since Kenny Pickett's been in. Pickett as a whole has been better. I love the weapons. Deontay Johnson, George Pickens are playing good football. Fryermuth had a huge game last week. I'm taking the Steelers minus two and a half at home, and I'm going to take the over at 36 and a half. uh, And that's going to give us uh, my prop pick 
for the week. All right, up next here, we have the 4 o'clock window, starting off with a game that preseason, again, people would have been really excited about. Uh, unfortunately, not the case here. Uh, I have a Chiefs minus 9.5 on the road in Denver. Um, the Chiefs are coming off of a loss. Andy Reid after a loss is always a good bet. Uh, the Broncos defense hasn't lost by double digits, hasn't lost by 10 points since early on in the season, the first time they played the Raiders when they lost by 11 points. So this is going to be a big uh, test to see if Kansas City can actually cover that spread. I think that they do. I think that they're able to move the ball well. Um, and also just want to recap here because they did a bad job with Scott's picks. Um, Scott also took uh, – he took Tennessee as well as I did. He took Minnesota, and then he took Baltimore. Uh, I think that catches us up to speed. But Kansas City, Scotty's on Kansas City. I'm also on Kansas City. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, this is starting to become Jarek McKinnon season. I'm going to warn you all now. He's got He's been heating up over the last few weeks, right? He did it in the playoffs last year. They always have one of those guys. It's not Clyde edwards Lair this year. Uh, it, they're, they're really – it's kind of rotated around. Everyone loves Pacheco. He, he's really fun, and he's a really great player. But Jarek McKinnon on these, like, second and 12s will get – get him to a third and one, and we'll break off a play. He's really good in space. They spread him out into the slot. They pass on the ball out of the backfield. Um, we know that in these Andy Reid offenses, they're not going to run the ball traditionally a ton. Pacheco's really good for that. But this is starting to become uh, a Jarek McKinnon season, right? Who was, who was the play? It was a Damian Williams was the one a couple of years ago when they won the Super Bowl that had big plays for them out of the backfield. That's kind of where Jarek McKinnon is starting to look like for this team. And I think Kansas City uh, is on their way. I still think they're the best team in football. And until Patrick Mahomes gets hurt, like they, they just are because he's he is that good. Obviously, Patrick Sertan's been really good. But the one weakness you could find in this uh, this Broncos defense is at the linebacker position. You've had snaps from Devin Singletary or um, Alex Singleton all year. You can't – it's amazing they've been that good given that. Um, but the offensive line for Kansas City is really good. And then in addition to that, Travis Kelsey, I expect to have a really good game. He had a bad game last week against Kansas – against Cincinnati, the bad fumble. He's going to come out pissed off. He's going to be a matchup nightmare unless they decide to bring Justin Simmons down in the box. And then you're opening up everything else – on the back half of the field and Mahomes will beat you there. So I like Kansas city here minus nine and a half. And Scotty's on board with me. Uh, the four twenty-five window up next, we have um, Tampa Bay and San Francisco uh, right now, the Niners three and a half point favorites with Brock Purdy. We've seen throughout Kyle Shanahan's career, these backups, CJ Beathard, Nick Mullins, these guys have come in. He's got about a 500 record with those backups. Uh, a lot of times they come in when they've come in mid games, they look impressive. And then in their starts, it's kind of hit or miss trying to figure out whether or not Brock Purdy is going to come in and deliver the, the game plan effectively is going to be a big question mark. We know the Bucks defense has been really good at times, but already Antoine Winfield comes back in. He gets knocked out of the game. Levante David and Devin white are both studs. They fly around the field, the D line uh, Tyron, for, uh, for Tampa Bay has been unbelievable. Vita Vea, they're going to clog up the middle of the line. But Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, that's as good of, of four weapons as you can have uh, in, in the NFL. And it's going to help make Brock Purdy's life easy. I feel like this game might come down to a three, like might be a three-point game, which is why I hate the hook there because that would make me want to take Tampa Bay. I can't bet on Tampa Bay. They've been so bad. 
and their wins have all been these crazy weird comebacks. They should have lost the game Monday night against New Orleans. They somehow found a way to pull it out. San Francisco defensively is, I think, might shut Tampa Bay out because Tampa Bay has been so bad offensively. Unless this is the random Niners laydown game, um, if you look at San Francisco, you say, all right, we just lost our starting quarterback for the year. How do we go about this game, right? The defense has to carry them, and they know that, and they're going to come in with extra juice. They're going to come in with their hair on fire playing next-level type of football. I'm going to take San Francisco here simply because I think the defense is going to be that dominant. But it's it's a nerve-wracking one. It's a nerve-wracking one to try to pick. Uh, all right, up next we have Carolina and Seattle. Seattle oh, and Scotty's also on the Niners there. Uh, up next, Carolina, Seattle. Scotty's taking the Panthers here at plus three and a half on the road. I feel like that's his bias and hating the Seahawks kind of coming through. I think Seattle is still a pretty good team. I know that that game against uh, the Rams last week was not super convincing. They should have won that game much easier than they did. The Panthers are playing you know, defensively really well, but it's still Sam Darnold, right? And even when the Panthers won the last time we saw them, Sam Darnold had a touchdown, literally fireman rolling into the end zone because there was a loose ball on the ground. It was one of the weirdest plays I've ever seen. I don't think this Panthers offense is going to be good. I think Darnold's going to come down to earth uh, for as high up as he is right now, right? He's, which is not particularly high, but he's playing better football than the last time we saw him. I don't think that continues. Tariq Woolen's been playing really, really great. Kobe Bryant on the other side. I know they're rookies. I know the, the, the Seahawks defense either looks amazing or they look terrible. I think they're going to look good in this game. I think the pass rush is going to be able to get after Sam Darnold. I think he's going to make a couple of mistakes. I think the Seahawks roll in this game, even though it doesn't look like Kenneth Walker is going to be playing uh, or Travis Homer or DJ Dallas. So this, the top three running backs for Seattle all look like they're probably not going to play in this game. Um, which is okay. It happens um, because I think Geno Smith has basically been the engine of that team. As much as they've been able to run the ball successfully, Geno's accurate, timely passes has been big. The interceptions he's thrown have been a lot of tips. Not a lot of whole, there haven't been a whole lot of bad throws from Geno that lead to interceptions. He's been incredibly accurate. I think he's going to do all right here against the Panthers. DK, Tyler Lockett, you know, the weapons on that team. I like Seattle minus three and a half and Scotty is on the uh, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, that brings us to Sunday night. The second time this year we're seeing the Miami Dolphins on Sunday night football, um, and they're going up against the three uh, – or the uh, six and six uh, Los Angeles – I almost said San Diego Chargers, Los Angeles Chargers. Um, they're a three-and-a-half point favorite on the road, the Dolphins are. That's a pretty big spread for a Sunday night game. Um, home underdogs, Sunday night football, you typically take the home team, right? Um, but this is a big opportunity for Miami. Uh, Miami wins this game, right? They, they need to keep pace with Buffalo. They're going to make the playoffs one way or another, I think. Um, but them in Baltimore, it's a tightly contested race. If Baltimore pulls off a win with Tyler Huntley instead of Lamar Jackson, then you're looking at like, all right, well, shit, Miami's got to figure something out here, right? Um, the Dolphins have to win this game. As weird as it is to say for an eight and four team with how good Buffalo is with them potentially competing with the Bengals and with the uh, Ravens in that uh, wild card spot, whichever team doesn't win the AFC North. Uh, and you have some teams kind of surging up there in the AFC, in the AFC for the wild card. This sneaky does kind of feel like a must win. It's definitely a must win for the Chargers. Chargers coming off of probably their worst performance of the year against the Raiders. I think the Chargers will come out and play well, but 
I think Miami's going to come back. They had a, they looked really bad last week. Um, the offense looked terrible, and they're going to get a chance to go up against the team and the Chargers, who defensively have been kind of weak for most of the year. Uh, I think it's going to be a really exciting game, Herbert versus Tua. Uh, it's going to get built up a lot, but I like the Dolphins here. Scotty is taking the Chargers, uh, and Justin Herbert, no, su- no surprise there. Um, that should be a fun game to watch. Uh, Monday night, we have New England at Arizona. New England's a one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Um, I, I This is a weird one, right? These are two of the hardest teams to try to figure out in the NFL. I'm going to go with the home dog here. I'm going to take Arizona. Um, Kyler gets a week off. DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, I, I just don't think this Patriots team is very good. Um, now, look, Matthew Judon should be able to pressure the quarterback pretty well. If that forces Kyler to play a little bit of backyard football, weirdly enough, that's kind of when Kyler – that's what Kyler prefers to do. So I think with all the drama, the Patrick Peterson comments and everything else, we all know how I feel about Kyler Murray. I'm not a fan, but I do think um, they'll find a way to win this game, improve to five and eight. And I do think they're going to hand the Pats a loss. I'm going to take the home underdog Arizona Cardinals on Monday night. I'm going to regret that on Monday when I'm watching this game, because then we're probably going to just bully them and keep it low scoring. Um, But I like the Cardinals here uh, minus or plus one and a half. And that brings us to our last game that we're going to pick uh, the arguably the best college football game of the year, army Navy. Um, look, if you're a, a football fan in terms of t- modern day football and stuff, obviously this game is nothing like it's not what happens on the field that makes us one of the best football games of the year. It's the atmosphere. It's the uniforms. It's everything that goes into this game. It's back in Philadelphia this year, which is, the best place to do it. Philly does an unbelievable job. Obviously I'm biased, but still Philly does an unbelievable job of hosting this event from the people I know and, and worked with who would go to this every year. It's the same sentiment. The link's going to be packed. I think it's going to be a really, really special day. It is every single year. Um, right now, Navy is a two and a half point favorite at home. Uh, Scotty's taking the midshipman. I'm going to take army. All right. Um, which I'm sorry to my girlfriend's father. Who's a Navy vet. Please don't hate me. Uh, I'm taking Army. I I just I'm excited for this game. I'm, I always get so excited to sit down on Saturday and watch this game. Uh, everything that goes on, the pageantry, the bells and whistles, everything attached to it, it's amazing. So I highly recommend if you have nothing going on on Saturday, sit down for the pregame and the postgame. The singing of the uh, of the songs at the end of it uh, is always one of my favorite traditions in college football. Do yourself a favor. Take the time. Watch this game on Saturday. I I really think uh, you'll be happy that you did. So, all right, that's all we got. Short, sweet, to the point pod today. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back on Tuesday. We should hopefully have Scotty and Vito. We should have the full crew back to break down everything from week 14. It is a really, really exciting uh, time of year for football. Getting close to the holidays. we got a ton of games uh, and and a lot of close races here. Uh, And even for some teams at the top, right? I mean, a couple of losses here and there and a couple of bad weeks here as we wrap up the season for, for a team could change, you know, getting that first round by to sliding out and, and being a wild card team in some cases. So uh, keep an eye on all. Enjoy it. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. Thank you for the support and our new listeners. We appreciate y'all follow us on social media at read option pod uh, and, uh, and keep us, uh, keep us in your loop there. We'll talk to you guys soon. Have a wonderful weekend. And as always, Take it easy, everybody.